This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, feeling like a winner. Good. Yeah. What did you win on? Nothing. Oh, okay. You just feel like a winner. I told myself, you know, you have these, like, daily manifestations and like it's gonna be a good day and i'm a winner has that been working because you've been doing that for like four days now and i'm just wanting to do a well, how do check i up. how's it sound when i come in the office you you know what you have been more spry lately yeah and you've been you've even been getting here earlier i've got a i've know? got a little more spring in my giddy up there you go he's got some more spring in his chicken folks and that is just from saying that today is going to be a good day. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you have scientific proof that that, in fact, does work. This is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every and single day of the week. obviously, your attitude. And attitude. Attitude and how you approach life. Science, psychology, mm-hmm. not biology, though. No, because no one could know that. Stick away from that. That's the only thing we don't know anything mm. about. Also, not women. Either one of us. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we have no opinions. When I couldn't comes, tell you what a woman was if they were standing right in front of me. There's absolutely no way of knowing. So if you are interested, make sure you smash that follow button, that subscribe button, so you can listen to us every single day of the week when we want to. Very, very strong emphasis on when we want to, especially this week. And you will find it out why later in the week when you think that your podcast app is malfunctioning, not refreshing our episodes. Yeah, It's just because... Uh, to the millions we, of you out there, patiently waiting. I know. It's probably going to trend. It's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, first things first, because we've got a couple Supreme Court cases we'll be talking about and a couple dumb videos, because unfortunately it is it is highly likely we will, we will not have a dumb bleep of the week this week, which means a couple things that I had tagged dumb on from the weekend in my email are now going to be added into the episode because they must be talked about. The very first thing, very, very first thing, which which could have been dumb, I guess, was this news that Charlie showed me yesterday. What what the what the heck? Okay, this is from CB News, CB News, which is a branch from CBS News. Mm, yeah. Okay. They just dropped the S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 23 million Californians to get up to $1,050 in quote Inflation relief, unquote, checks. Inflation relief. The irony of the the name of the check. I know. Inflation checks. In quotes, by the way. Let's just call them inflation checks for short. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yep. Okay, about 23 million California residents will soon receive inflation relief checks up to $1,050 under a budget deal reached by Governor Gavin Newsom and state lawmakers on Sunday. Checks are part of a $17 billion relief package that will suspend the state's sales tax on diesel fuel and provide additional aid to help people with rent and utility bills. The agreement comes as California drivers face the highest gasoline prices in the United States with the average price at 6.32 on Monday. Woo! 
two or about 29% higher than the national average. How's that going, Amanda? Wow, that's too much. Okay. Now, obviously, the reason the gas is so expensive is because the government had not given people inflation checks yet. That's And so they're solving the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's so right. Finally, California said, oh, that's weird. Our gas is so expensive here. Why don't we just give people money? That way it won't be so expensive anymore. That's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, Newsom proposed sending stimulus checks of $400 per vehicle to state residents with a cap of two vehicles, but the lawmakers pushed for a plan that would provide bigger checks to people who earn less. And don't drive. The relief <laughs> che- <laughs> Also, yes. The relief checks are designed to help residents cope with global inflation and rising prices. I have to say global inflation, by the way, mm-hmm. because they got to make sure you hammer home that narrative that, like, this is not Biden inflation. It's Putin. It's not U.S. inflation. It's the Putin price The item. entire world is dealing with this problem, which they are. There, there is inflation mm-hmm. around the world, okay? And rising prices of everything from gas to groceries, the lawmaker said in the statement. Here's how the plan will work. Now, I'm going to go down to a clip here, a, a, a snippet from Reason, from, from uh, their explanation. California's budget addresses the state's most pressing needs and prioritizes, as a quote, by the way, uh, from the people putting this thing together, California's budget addresses the state's most pressing needs and prioritizes getting dollars back into the pockets of millions of Californians who are, who are grappling with global inflation and rising prices of everything from gas to groceries, said Newsom and all the other people involved. So prices went up and you got to solve it, obviously, by giving people money. That's why didn't we think about that? We should have thought of that in the first mm, place. I don't know. Yeah. Every taxpayer earning less than 75000 or joint filers earning less than 150000 will receive a $350 check plus another 350 if they have children. Married couple with children will qualify for a maximum of $1,050. Higher income people would receive smaller refunds. So reason... Refunds. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's, the, here's the problem with that. So uh, the reason I included the, the part from reason here is because they discuss the possible libertarian defense of this. Because remember, this is a refund. This is just the state taking the tax money that they had taken from the citizens. And they say, you know what? I know we took this from you, but it looks like you might need it more than we do at the current moment. And so we're going to give it back to you. And so why, as libertarians, would we be upset about a tax refund to people? It's probably because the people who don't pay taxes will also <laughs> receive the benefit. Okay, so you're saying I don't need to read the next three paragraphs of the of recent discussion. Oh, did I get it? It's exactly it. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly it. They they go on to say even if this would add to an inflation, the higher demand because people have more money. Well, if it's a tax refund, we obviously would support that. They took money from you, and then they're going to give it back. It's better for you to spend it than it is for the government to decide to spend it on something. But the problem is most of the money came from people who aren't receiving the money back with this program. So it's actually just a big redistribution scheme is, is all they're doing. Yeah. Why not just <laughs> basically not, you don't owe state taxes next year. That, that uh, wouldn't yeah. that be something, you know, I was thinking about that whole no taxes thing. You know, when they come to um, subsidize, let's say they're going to subsidize. Let me just throw an extreme at you. Okay. I don't want them to take money and give it to the solar industry, right. To try and push solar. Would you support them saying that they are not going to have taxes on solar companies. Yeah. Now that's tricky, isn't it? Because they're going to tax other companies. doesn't matter. <laughs> but there's a problem, and the problem is taxation. Exactly. Yes. Not the fact that other people are being taxed. 
Anyway, that's it's just funny you said that like that because I was literally thinking about that idea of why don't we just not have taxes? We're the same person. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. This is Nate. Okay, so um, we have a problem. It's inflation and prices are going up a lot. Charlie, what do you do? Give people more money. Just give them money. You know, I, don't, I think they're stopping short of where the line really should be. And I'm tired of these just little tiny stimmy checks that they're just handing mm. out. I think... Crumbs. If, they are. You know, if money printing isn't a problem, according to the modern monetary theorists, if it's not a problem, I don't understand why we just... And honestly, a million's too small at this point. Why don't we just give everyone a billion dollars, every single person in the United States, one billion dollars, who cares? That'll be whatever it is, three hundred trillion or something like that, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Maybe more than that. Yeah, probably more than that. But it doesn't matter because printing money doesn't matter. That doesn't do anything. So why don't we just give everyone a billion dollars and then we'll just no? You literally eradicate poverty overnight. Gone. Homelessness gone. Mm-hmm. Starvation gone. All the problems gone, and everybody just starts. The there, only reason, right there. The only reason they refuse to do this, Charlie, is. Uh, pure uh, racism and uh, patriarchal tyranny. Yeah. That's the only reason That's, that that hasn't been done. Yeah, I can't think of any other reason besides that. that yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Look, we, the obvious answer is, is printing money doesn't work. Or, These types of things don't work. It, it, it's going to, as they said, the same people from the left would argue that giving tax breaks would add to the rise of inflation. Which is true. I mean, the more money, the more demand you put on a market that's in a high inflationary status uh, will increase inflation until it reaches the, the bell curve. Mm-hmm. And be like, okay, well, now we've tapped out here. Um, but as we've seen in the past, that could be a massive amount before it reaches that point. Uh, and depending on how, how many dollars you keep adding to the economy. Um, now, I wonder, I wonder how this is different coming from a state um, that are, had already allocated a certain amount of budget. I, I don't Yeah, don't they can't, exactly. obviously, they're not printing the money. And the money, so the argument that, that Reason made earlier is like, okay, well, they're not printing the money. If they don't give it to the people, the state's going to spend the money on stuff, okay? Now, the state is going to spend money on stuff, and they're going to take money from people in the future to spend money on education and infrastructure, which are other things that they could spend this money on. What they'll do is they're going to put this in the economy. Do you think they're trying to help people? Do you think they're trying to help themselves by making people less angry at the situation that they're in right now? I think, is it election season? There could be some elections coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's election selection. So probably <laughs> probably trying to help themselves. Take a also. look at my election selection. So the main part Who, of this. What candidate is actually putting money in your pocket? Gavin Newsom, baby. That's who you got to put in office, man. Yeah. And that's not bribery, by the way. No, no, it's not. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, when you... uh, Vote for me. I will send you stimmy checks. I will send you the... I will send you Inflation Guard. It's not... It's a new program here in California called Inflation Guard. It's not bribery. Sign up for it. And uh, you sign up by voting for me, and then I just directly transfer dollars into your account. Yeah. As as long as you got kids. Um, all right, I'm going to play this video. This is a couple things that could have been on. Man, this thing really likes to play on its own here. I'm going to s- play this video of Wanda Sykes oh on God. Stephen Colbert I've talking about the abortion her. thing. 
We have a couple abortion things to talk about before we get to the other rulings, and these are things that would have been in Dumbleep. I'm going to play a good portion of what she said, and I want you to think about the ideology, the philosophy of what she's saying and like what, what it means. So let's play this real quick. Come on, Wanda. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show. That's our friend Mikel Thurup of the Expat Money Show. You've probably heard him on this podcast before. That's back on episode 330. And if you're one of the many people who are considering exploring life in another country, you absolutely have to subscribe to the Expat Money Show. Whether it's foreign residencies, second passports, asset protection, or protecting your money from the tyranny of taxation, there is no better resource than the Expat Money Show. I mean that, seriously. This is the guy to go to. Mikkel has spent over 20 years traveling the world, visiting more than 100 countries while living in nine different countries over that time. He can help you legally eliminate your tax bill and travel the world in the process. So subscribe to the Expat Money Show today, available on all the podcast apps, YouTube, or you can find the episodes over at expatmoneyshow.com. And by the way, he's got a great online summit coming up that I'm going to put the link in the show notes to as well. A bunch of different experts who are going to show you all the benefits of living the expat lifestyle, the best ways to do it, how we can actually live a free libertarian lifestyle. That does sound pretty good. So go over to the expatmoneyshow.com and find all the links in the show notes. How are, you, yeah. how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm a black gay woman and I have a daughter, so I'm not doing so well right now. <laughs> She's ultimately a A little salty. I'm a little salty right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll sprinkle a little yeah. salt. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put some flavor it on here. It just sucks, man. Hang it, on, it, pause. It really does. I mean, you know, it's like the. So, keep this in mind. She is a black woman who's also on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Mm-hmm. So this is like the epitome, and she has a daughter. I don't know if she's a single mom or not. But she does probably enter the wealthy category. But honestly... in that she's on TV and stuff. Honestly, she's not trans, and so I don't really think she's oppressed at all. Not as oppressed as a trans person, but okay. she's still on the... She's on the gay spectrum of the LGBT. <laughs> yeah, she's one of... The spectrum. She's one of those. It was literally a rainbow. I mean, it's a, it's a literal spectrum. So it's a, yeah, you it's can a say spectrum it like that. Of light. <laughs> the country, it's no longer a democracy, right? I mean, we're it's no, it's no longer majority rule. No, certainly no, not right? in the Senate. Certainly yeah. not in the representation it's, of the it's, Supreme it's Court. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's no longer majority rule. And I guess before we go any further, we'll talk about the first thing she said. There's no longer a democracy. Uh, because it's supposed to be majority rule, it's no longer majority rule, you know? And so that's a big problem, right? Now, she's literally espousing the majority rule portion of democracy, not the type of democracy that we have where everyone gets a vote in the process. A representative democracy. Yeah, or a representative republic, uh, which is what we have. He'll even say that later, which is, he says, representative uh, democracy. Now, would there be any reason just... Just asking, a black gay woman to be slightly hesitant about the idea that the majority should always get whatever they want. Mm. Are there any? I can think of three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just saying. 
All right. Anyway. You're just posing a question. I'm though. just asking. Magoo has a great quote. Okay. Here. Basically, he summarized what Wanda Sykes just said. And uh, she basically said, these damn minorities. <laughs> Holding up the majority. These minorities, man. <laughs> I know, Wanda, right? These minorities. <laughs> we got to stop them. That's what the conversation is. It's so ridiculous. Colbert's like, yeah, I hate minorities, right, Wanda? This is, like, so, there's so much logical inconsistency with this. <laughs> like, I always tell my wife when she can't even make this up. She asked about this stuff, and she's like, "Well, doesn't that, you know, not make any sense?" And I'm like, "Stop! Don't try to make sense of it. Mm-mm. You can't. You'll never be able to make sense of it. No, because there, it doesn't make sense. Mm. And so you can." You're going to hurt yourself these trying color, to do that. These colors don't float. No. Um, it, it, well, to me, it's like the problem is that middle stuff. It's, it's those states in the middle, that, that, that red stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do they get to tell us what to do when the majority of us live out, you know, New York, California, and we're paying for all this crap, really? I mean, right? Yeah. We're, we're yes. footing the bill. Well, that's, that's the union. It, it's yeah. A... Okay, we'll stop there again real quick. She's talking about abortion. Mm. Why do these red states get to tell us what to do? I can't throw my laptop. I was looking for something to throw. They're not. You can still kill as many babies as you want in New York and California, Wanda. Literally, the Supreme Court said that New York can do what it wants to do. California can do what it wants to do. The red states can do what they want to do. That is what the case said. And on top of that, New York and California are looking to expand. Yeah. Abortion rights all the way up to probably two years old. She sounds very federalist here, but I'm not sure she knows what the Supreme Court ruling said mm-hmm. at all. Supposed to be a representative democracy, but it turns out to be minority rule right now. Right, right. But if we fit in the bill, you know, and 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 like California, if it were a country, be what the like the fifth largest, yeah. fourth, fifth largest economy. So if you know, if I'm fitting the bill, know your position. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, you know, for real. Like, look, if I say, hey, let's go out to dinner, you don't get to pick the restaurant. Just shut up and eat. All right, now I want you to think really hard about the last statement. Can we, pl- can we play that again, please, mm-hmm. Mr. Producer? Right, right. But if we fit in the bill, you know, and, and, and like California, if it were a country, be what, the, like the fifth largest, yeah. fourth, fifth largest economy. So if, you know, if I'm fitting the bill, know your position. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, you know, for real. Like, look, if I say, hey, let's go out to dinner, you don't get to pick the restaurant. Just shut up and eat. She sounds like a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if somebody ever told me this is what Wanda Sykes said, I'd be like, that wasn't Wanda Sykes. Yeah. It's definitely Trump. You know, that famous fascist Elon Musk quote, right? If I'm footing the bill, you don't get to pick the restaurant. Just shut up and eat. You know, you don't get to say what's on Twitter or anything mm-hmm. like that. That's, think about, okay, apply that. There's so many inconsistencies in this. One, there's like the deep philosophy of the people who are paying for the things that are getting to control what all of the people who are the, the takers of any of that money, you get to control whatever it is that they're going to do with that money. It's a very deep authoritarian nature to that when you're taking money from people. Sounds like abuse. <laughs> and then <laughs> there's also like, would she say that about big corporations and rich people that who pay the largest percentage of taxes? Clearly, 
who pay the largest percentage of taxes. Well, they're footing the bill, you know, poor person down there. Just shut up and eat whatever I give you. No, she's exact. She would be the exact opposite. Mm. But when the when it's the government and you're talking about tax money and it, be, it becomes theirs, of course, it's California's tax money in this specific scenario. You can't try and apply this to anything else. That's one thing we've learned is that you can't take a principle and apply it to any other situations. No, because that would make sense. And we've already talked about how sense making isn't really you. You just can't no, that's, do it. That's um, white supremacy. And uh, and and patriarchy, mm-hmm. you know, we could, any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you can't you can't do that. You can't make sense when you're talking about stuff. Um, and this honestly sounds like a conversation between a, a slave master and a slave it does. to me. <laughs> it does. It's like, uh, master, could I get something other than porridge to well, eat tonight? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. you're the slave. I'm the master. Shut up and eat. Shut up and eat. At least I'm feeding you. Jesus, you don't get to pick dinner tonight. You okay. get to pick cotton. <laughs> I pick dinner. You don't pick dinner, you pick cotton. I pick dinner and you shut up and eat. Like it's so it's so ironic. It's it's disgusting. Yeah. Okay, so, so disgusting. Let's go over to one more video and I'm sure you've already seen this already, but it was going to be for dumb bleep. Instead, we'll play it right here. So now we get into the uh, abortion conversation a little bit more. And this is Anna Navarro talking on CNN about, you know, why we need to allow people to have, there are very important uh, reasons, very important reasons for why you have to allow people to have abortions. And she's going to name a few of those reasons. Now they happen to be her family members <laughs> that are the reasons that you should allow abortion, but I'll let her, t- it's, it's her story. I'll let her tell it. The mother okay. before, during, and after yep. the child. And I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, physically for a family. And I know not all families can do it. And I have a step-granddaughter was born with Down syndrome. And you know what? It is very difficult in Florida to get services. It is not as easy as it sounds on paper. And I've got another, another step-grandson who is uh, very autistic, who has autism, and it is incredible. And their mothers and, their, and people who are in that society, who are in that community, will tell you that they've considered suicide because that's how difficult it is to get help because that's how lonely they feel, because they can't get other jobs, because they have financial issues, because the care that they're able to give their other children suffers. And so why can I be Catholic and still think this is a wrong decision? Because I'm American. I'm Catholic inside the church. I'm Catholic when it comes to me. But there's a lot of Americans who are not Catholic and are not Christian and are not Baptist. And you have no damn right to tell them what they should do with their bodies. Nobody does. To be fair, she only put three of her family members on a hit list. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she could have named more. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like it was as bad as it could have been. Just her brother and her step-granddaughter and her step-grandson. I thought it was a step-daughter. Step-granddaughter. Step-granddaughter. And step-grandson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like uh, Bailey said, Thanksgiving's going to be awkward this year. <laughs> 
it's you know it's it's way better just to kill them so that they wouldn't yeah. have this <clears throat> terrible life you know well we should just get rid of all these people that are handicapped you know that's what it's it's I thought people on the left were supposed to be the group that was like protecting all of those groups, you know, they have all the same rights as everyone else. And, you know, we even have like, you know, make everything handicap accessible and all, all that, everything, you know, you gotta, you gotta do that. But it's all, it's weird to then like turn around and say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough to have these people and then it should, it would be way better just to abort them. Yeah. And look, people. As a as a father, with a son, you can speak on this that has autism. You have a. I'm going to put you on the big screen. I I think <clears throat> I don't have a uterus. Yeah, but I do have a son who belongs to me. I I helped create half of them. Uh, he has autism. He's he's on the autist autism spectrum, and it, I will concur that it's difficult. It's. It's a lot more difficult having an autistic child than it is having one that is uh, uh, neurotypical. You know, neurodivergence does make life more complicated. But to think that my son would be better off not here, that's just, that's, that is literally what I would consider pure evil. Like pure, unadulterated, just that Satan talking. Like it's, it's, it's on like the position that they're coming from, and we we see this all over the it's place. It's pure eugenics, by the way. Yeah, it's eugenics. Mm-hmm. The position that they're coming from, where they say, "Oh, well, what if that kid ends up in foster home, and what if that family can't afford it, and and what if, well, what if they, what if the fetus has physical or psychological ailments that make it difficult, and the family doesn't want to put up with that? Just kill them. <laughs> That's the better option." Like, and I and I like what Eric July said about this. Actually, I think I actually posted his uh, tweet. He said, "The essentially what the pro-abortionists are saying is just pure evil." Yeah, it's literally disgusting. And it, like, if you want to argue the merits of abortion, that's fine. But these types of arguments that like they hold no weight whatsoever. It's just disgusting. It's literally you going out on a pedestal saying that the right to kill a child because he might not be normal is important to you. And it and it's gross. It's a it's a, once again it's a really terrible argument. Like I've said yesterday and several other days, very sympathetic to the pro-choice argument, but this is not the way. This is this is going too far with this argument. It's a and it and unfortunately, it shows the disgusting, uh, selfish, and eugenics-seeking nature of the pro-abortion people. Instead of all of the other arguments that they'll make, like, "Oh, it's a, it's, it's my body. This is bodily autonomy. So I just have the right to do this." And you could make like we could have all the philosophical arguments on those grounds, and that's where the argument should be. But when you step into this kid could potentially have a hard life and so therefore be better off dead or or this these it would be very stressful for these parents if this kid had autism or down syndrome or something like that and so therefore the kid would be better off dead so the parents didn't have a harder life you've really gone off the deep end as far as evilness goes mm. 
And it's not going to work. That message is not going to resonate with the majority of people. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's show, and that is BetterHelp. Now, I get burnt out sometimes. You guys ever get burnt out? I, I do. I work tons of hours. I work at least 11 hours a day on the trading class, on the podcast, and all the other stuff that's going on. I'm going back and forth between Chattanooga and Illinois, seeing my family, my wife's family. I get really burnt out, okay? Life can be really overwhelming. And, you know, it's not just me. You're probably burnt out as well. Maybe you don't even know it. Maybe you think that admitting that being burnt out means that you're admitting failure or weakness or something. That's ridiculous, all right? It is possible to get burnt out. You could... You could be experiencing some symptoms like your lack of motivation. Maybe you're irritable. I heard that uh, from from my wife one time as well, that maybe I was irritable. I'm tired. Now, I have narcolepsy as well, so I do get tired uh, for sure. So we think it always has to do with work, but that's that's not. It can be emotional issues as well, maybe issues with friends and family, anything that's going on in your life. So BetterHelp Online Therapy they want to remind you to prioritize yourself. You can talk with someone and figure out what is causing all of this stress in your life. All right. Charlie uses BetterHelp. He still talks to his therapist at least once a week, if not twice a week. He loves it. He started using it probably a couple of years ago and has been using it since then. He really enjoys talking to his therapist. I'm not going to tell you what they talk about. Okay, but he's been able to pick the person that was right for him. They set him up with someone, and it, it's just been a really good experience so far. So they're going to be able to match you up with someone that, that works for you. This is a customized online therapy. So you're going to get video, phone, even a live chat with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to do the video. That's just an option for you. It's way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in the under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash GML. That's BetterHelp.com slash GML. And there are days I wake up, or nights, when I'm trying to get my son to eat dinner for three hours, where it becomes very frustrating. Um, I can't say that I've contemplated suicide over my son but um or ever for that matter because i own guns i've never contemplated suicide ever mm. um but that's good has anybody because you use better you went to betterhelp.com that's right GML. has anybody yeah. ever met a person that hasn't contemplated suicide ever in their whole life um i, I think that hasn't i, I don't people know i've definitely thought about it every day when i wake up <laughs> i make a choice and you don't even have an autistic kid <laughs> You're yeah, but even, you don't understand even... what it's like to know people who have autistic kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good to joke about autism. Uh, okay, we've got 17 minutes, Charlie. Can we discuss all of the philosophical merits of um, of prayer in schools and Miranda rights in 17 minutes? We can surely give it a good go. We might as well try. Okay. So, In case you guys haven't heard, the Supreme Court isn't finished. No. By the way, they're still rolling out. They're rolling out opinions like it's, uh, I don't know, Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> These are actually from last week, but we had the gun rights and we had the abortion, and so we weren't able to talk about these things. we got the West Virginia versus EPA coming up. Mm. Looking forward to that ruling coming out, uh, hopefully in Liberty's favor, uh, which would give states more rights, by the mm -hmm. way, and kind of 
tone down this federalism that we've been seeing grow. Um, and honestly, that's a good thing. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree with everything the Supreme Court says, and that's okay. But what I can say is overall, it is a good thing. What is happening is a good thing for liberty, in my opinion. And you can roast me if you want. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Go ahead and roast me. This from the WAPO. Thanks, Jeff. Supreme Court rules for high school football coach who prayed at midfield. The Supreme Court on Monday ruled for a former high school football coach who lost his job after leading postgame prayers at midfield in the court's latest decision favoring the public exercise of faith over concerns about government-endorsed religion. Justice Gorsuch, uh, Gorsuch wrote, the fe- uh, wrote for fellow conservatives in the 6-3 to three decision, a lot of 6-3s to threes here, mm-hmm. saying that uh, Kennedy's prayers are protected by the Constitution's guarantees of free speech and free religious exercise, and that the school district's actions were not warranted under a concern of violating the separation of church and state, which we pointed out that separation of church and state doesn't even exist in the Constitution. Okay? Quote, the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike, Gorsuch wrote. This decision does, uh, does a disservice to schools and the young citizens they serve, as well as to the nation's longstanding commitment to the separation of church and state, Sotomayor wrote in a dissent. She added, This court consistently has recognized that a school official's leading prayer is constitutionally impermissible. Official-led prayer strikes at the core of our constitutional protections for the religious liberty of students and their parents. The The court now charts a different path. The case raised questions about the ability of public employees to live out their faith and the government's competing responsibility to protect school children from coercion and to remain neutral on the subject of religion. As in many of the court's recent cases, it called for interpretation of how the Constitution's Establishment Clause, which forbids government endorsement of religion, interacts with its free speech and free exercise clauses, which prohibit government restraints on the private observance of religion. It also split the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Ninth Circuit, where a slim majority of judges ruled for the school district. They cited Supreme Court precedent that limits the speech rights of on-duty public employees and said the district was warranted in worrying that allowing Kennedy's public prayer would violate the Constitution's prohibition on government's endorsement of religion. Now, Nate, I think you said previously that you're not sure that you not sure that you agree with this. I um, I. I, I am not exactly sure where I come down on this. I will say earlier in previous podcasts, we said that, say, teachers don't have the same right to free speech as everyone else. And I think what's a little bit different in here is because it specifically involves religion, and that is something that's specifically lined out in the, in the First Amendment. So maybe that's why there's a little bit of a difference here. Uh, for me... I don't know that I agree uh, with this decision. I also don't agree with what the school did in the first place. I just want to make that clear. The guy was going out to the 50-yard line and praying. Okay, then some people started joining them. Then it became a thing. Then they would go out there and do that. All right? It wasn't required. Then anyone went out there. So he went out there to the 50-yard line after a game. His players would go out there, some of them. Some of the opposing team's players would go out there. It wasn't required by anyone. Obviously, it wasn't because of his position of authority that the opposing team decided to go out there and pray as well, his position of authority at the school. 
So to me, this is not a government endorsement of religion for him to be going out there. And if people want to join him, they can. So I, I don't agree with what the school did. It wasn't a part of the football program. It wasn't no. a part of the school curriculum. It wasn't mandated by the school board or the the athletic department or anything like that. What, as Nate said, he was voluntarily like the game was over. He just went to the fifty yard line and decided to say a prayer for himself. Yeah, and then eventually people started asking if they could join him. He was like, "Well, I can't stop you from joining me. Sure, if you want to stand here, go ahead. That's yeah, fine, fine by me." I'm not going to make you. I'm not conscripting you to come over here and join me in this religious ceremony that I'm performing. So I I think the problem here, as you mentioned, is that I think the Constitution is pretty explicit in the First Amendment that, they're, that, that the free exercise thereof literally means the free exercise thereof. You can't prohibit or limit any type of exercise. Now, if he were to have been requiring that the kids went out there and prayed with him. Yeah, I think that's wrong. Then that's different. That's different. So I guess to be a little bit more clear here, I agree with the outcome of this specific case. I don't agree that, uh, say, all of the First Amendment, uh, that that applies to people who work for the government. I would just say because they're literally they're agents of the government. In, in my view. So but, but the, what is government? I know it's just people. And it's so I guess people. I need to think through this just a little bit more, I suppose. In this specific case, I, I think this is the right outcome for this case. Now, could the school fire him because they didn't like what he was doing? I also think he'd get fired for whatever reason the school decided they want to fire him for. Exactly. And so I don't even agree with like him taking this all the way to the Supreme Court because I think they can fire you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I don't, they I don't care. They like your haircut. Yeah. But apparently, like, uh, what I wonder is if, uh, say, as an employer, you fire someone because they were exercising free speech, I like to think that as an employer, you can fire people for whatever that reason is. You know what this will do, <laughs> Nate, that you haven't thought of? <clears throat> this will set women back 100 years. <laughs> people will die because of this. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's going to do. That's what you haven't thought of, and that's what we need to be outraged about. All right. I got a little bit. Is this, this runaway SCOTUS? Runaway religious extremism. That's what's happening. what we have right here. Um, if you have some more thoughts on this, let me know, because I'm not done thinking all the way through it. I thought a little bit more through the Miranda rights thing. And the reason we need to talk about this, well, one, we're on Supreme Court still, but two, there's a lot of misinformation floating around there. There from, is a lot. From even... Like news publications, which they there a lot of misinformation floating around about Roe and Wade too, um, from people like Wanda Sykes. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of misinformation floating around about what this actually means. So for, this is going to be from Reason, and they don't they don't like the outcome of the ruling. Although they only spend about two sentences discussing that they don't like the outcome of the ruling. Um, they say the Supreme Court ruled six three again. If a police officer fails to inform you of your right to remain silent and avoid self-incrimination when you're suspected of a crime, you can't sue under federal law as a violation of your civil rights. Okay, so if they violate your civil rights, you would be able to sue them. What they have essentially found is that you don't have a, a right to have the Miranda rights uh, read to you, essentially. You've got the right to remain silent. 
you do. Mm. They can't force you to speak. You've got the the right to remain silent. I plead the fifth. But essentially, you don't have the right to have the right to remain silent read to you in in a in a way that you can sue. Now, there's still this this law or this rule is still there, and so we'll we'll go through this a little bit more. One, two, three, four, <laughs> fifth. Uh, like I was just saying, the, to be clear, the court isn't overturning Miranda v. Arizona, the 1966 Supreme Court ruling that determined that it's a violation of a suspect's Fifth Amendment rights for police to interrogate him or her about a crime without informing them they have the right to remain silent and the right to request an attorney. But what the court ruled today is that if and when this right is violated, people can't file a civil action lawsuit against a police officer or law enforcement agency and seek redress or damages. Today's ruling, Vega versus Taco? Taco? I don't know. You should know. Involved an investigation of sexual assault at the L.A. Medical Center in 2014. Terrence Taco worked at the medical center and was interrogated by L.A. County Deputy Carlos Vega. Vega did not tell Taco about his Miranda rights and extracted a written confession. This confession was admitted into evidence in court and judge determined that his Miranda rights weren't violated because he was not in custody when he confessed. So I looked at that, uh, okay, because he was not in custody when he confessed. So let me jump down to why that is an important part of this whole thing. Down here, Supreme Court, so this is what they ended up finding. The court held there can be no doubt that the Fifth Amendment privilege is available outside of criminal court proceedings and serves to protect persons in all settings in which their freedom of action is curtailed in any significant way from being compelled to incriminate themselves. As such... The prosecution may not use statements, whether exculpatory or inculpatory, stemming from custodial interrogation of the defendant unless it demonstrates the use of procedural safeguards. By custodial interrogation, in- interrogation we mean questioning initiated by law, enfor- law enforcement officers after a person has been taken into custody or otherwise deprived of his freedom of action in any significant way. Your Miranda rights must be read to you when you are taken into custody. So meaning that they've now taken control over your freedom of action. Like when you ask, am I free to go? If when you say, am I free to go? And they say, yes, then you were never taken into custody. They weren't arresting you. And at that point, they never actually had to. Or detaining. Yeah. Am I, am I being detained? Um, they, they don't actually have to read the Miranda rights to you. So let me get back to this actual article right here. Even so, the first case ended in a mistrial, and then Teco was ultimately found not guilty in a second trial. Uh, Teco then sued, using Section 1983 against Vega and others seeking damages for the violation of his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. The case wound its way all the way up to the Supreme Court to hear in April. Then a pure ideological split. The court today determined that the violation of the Miranda Rules does not provide a basis for a civil rights lawsuit under Section 1983. Samuel Alito wrote the opinion of the court, uh, joined by all the other people that are normally in there. And by the way, I put in here as a note, this court clearly is willing to examine all precedents. They are going to a strict reading of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And all of the other cases that have been built off of it as precedent, they are willing to look over all those things from what I can tell. I see your precedent Mm -hmm. and I raise you the Constitution. Which I'm not. I'm not opposed to. We've we talked about precedent before, and I I understand precedent. I I get the rule, but also I think it can get a little bit lazy. Sometimes things are a little bit different. Sometimes things change. Essentially, 
Alito's opinion says that the purpose of Miranda is to serve as a safeguard against compelled self-incrimination by police or prosecutors. It was not intended to establish that it was inherently a Fifth Amendment violation if somebody voluntarily confesses or self-incriminates himself or herself prior uh, before the Miranda warning. Yeah, imagine you called or you just showed up in the police station like, hey, I just robbed this bank. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, well, clearly we're going to arrest you for that. Yeah. And like, you can't use that statement. (laughs) I guess so. Like, or I guess you can't use it in court. Yeah. But you could sue the police department after that then because you came in there and voluntarily just told them what happened. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, Alito wrote a little bit about this. Miranda did not hold that a violation of the rules it established necessarily constitute a Fifth Amendment violation, and it is difficult to see how it could have held otherwise. For one thing, it's easy to imagine many situations in which an unmirandized suspect in custody may make self-incriminating statements without any hint of compulsion. In addition, the warnings that the court required included components such as notification of the right to have retained uh, a lawyer, that do not concern self-incrimination per se, but are instead plainly designed to safeguard that right. And the same is true of Miranda's detailed rules about the waiver of the right to remain silent and the right to an attorney. They're basically, here's the deal. This is another one where, okay, I'm not sure I like the outcome of this one, but I, I don't know that they're wrong, but I don't like the outcome. I would agree with that. That's that's where I come down on this. When it comes to a strict reading of the Constitution, I don't know that they're wrong. Does the if government doesn't have an obligation to notify you of your rights, but to, in, or any laws for that matter? You have the right to you. You don't have to incriminate yourself. You can remain silent. You can plead the fifth. You've got that right. But. That what, what Miranda essentially said is that if the government does not tell you that you have that right, then nothing applies after that. And it's kind of weird because they didn't take that right away from you. You still had that right. You mm-hmm. just talked. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch all these court, I watch all the these investigations, all the, this dateline and everything, and I hear someone talking. There's no lawyer in the room that just brought them in for questioning. I'm like, dude, shut up. Come on. Get your lawyer, man. Don't say anything. Also, I'm mad at you for killing that girl, but seriously, Shut up. Stop talking. Get your lawyer in the room. Uh, doesn't everyone know this, that you have the remi- you have the right to remain silent? Or like they, they have to tell you, and if they don't, then you don't have that right? I, I don't know. Does that apply to any other rights? Like they have to inform you of what your right is? No, you still have the right. It's <laughs> yeah, the, you just didn't do it. Right. I you don't know. You didn't exercise <clears throat> it. I don't like the outcome because what is the incentive process for the government to do as good of a job as it possibly can at not violating what your rights are. What is the incentive process? You remove the ability to sue. When you take that away, then you take away part of their incentive process to make sure that they're doing a good job and to make sure that they're not violating uh, any of your, any of your rights. But it doesn't change the fact that the Miranda rights are still in place. You do still. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't change So like, and, and the real, the real, good thing about the Miranda rights that that they didn't overturn, by the way, which is like anything, if anything that you say, if you're in custody and you say anything before they read you your rights, well, that can't be admissible in court. Yeah. Still. 
That didn't change that part of it. All they said was that they don't think the Miranda rule or the Fifth Amendment and that that gives you the right to sue. And so that that's what changed. It didn't change the actual ruling with Miranda saying that that is a rule that people need to do that. And that's how it's going to become admissible in court and all that. And here's what people need to know. Regardless of how many people online may make fun of you for being difficult, you don't ever talk to the government yeah, because they don't care about you. And they're trained to say certain things. You know, a lot of times when a cop pulls you over, they're like, oh, how's, how's it going? You know, where, where are you headed? Yeah. You know, where are you going? They're trying to get as much information as possible that they could then later use against you. Okay. So even if it may be rude, um, what's always worked for me is I just say, you know, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, with all due respect. And I do say with all due respect, I say it. Yeah. I, they like it. They like it when I say it. There's plenty of people that say that and they like it when I say that. So I'm going to keep saying it with all due respect. See, when I get, I don't answer any questions. When I get pulled over, I'm overly nice to the cops because I find what they really want is respect and to not deal with someone who's difficult and, and that's why I belligerent. Say that's why I say I'm sorry. And with all due respect. And so I'm just overly nice. And yeah. that's that's paid off for me. But the truth is you shouldn't times. ever give them any information because it only takes one bad cop, mm-hmm. right, to to start to question you. And then they turn around and use that stuff against you later the, the, because most... Asking for a well, lawyer makes you look guilty, by the way. Like the, if they bring you in for questioning on something and you're yeah. like, well, I need a lawyer. But the truth is you should never say it's, anything. Yeah. Ever. Don't... It, Literally what Costco said, just keep your mouth shut and eat. Okay. So, so the, <laughs> to, to summarize, I disagree with what the outcome of this opinion will be, but I agree with their reading of the Constitution, basically. Mm. I don't think that they really did a bad job here in reading the Constitution of the Fifth Amendment. It doesn't say in the Fifth Amendment that now, if they force uh, this you, amendment has to be read out loud to a person. If they force you to speak, like at gunpoint, mm-hmm. then you could sue them. And That's a violation of the actual right. And that is what they were arguing in this case, that yes. his that his um, his actual admission of guilt was done under duress, essentially, but they couldn't prove uh, that it was done under duress. So um, anyway, that's... That's kind of where we come down on this. I've got a bunch more notes on it, but we got to go. It's one thirty-two. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please hit that subscribe button, the plus button in the top right-hand corner of uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a rating and review, <laughs> please, and share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children and your favorite cops. And uh, share it to all the share it to the SCOTUS haters <laughs> and the SCOTUS lovers. That's what I want you to do today. Please, I'm asking you. I'm begging you. For Nate's ego, you need to share the show. So if you do it for nothing else, do it for this man who is who's busting his ass every day, honestly, to bring you liberty. All right? If you do all those things, we won't be back till next week. <laughs> but I hope you have a good if day. If you don't do those things, it's going to be even longer. So you want to make sure you do them. And happy America's birthday. Uh, and good morning, Liberty.